Today's episode of The Oil Can is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. If you're doing one, ten, or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more, all in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite.com slash listen. Welcome to the All Can Podcast. Hi there, it's Alan Mitchell. We've got a very news-heavy uh, show for you today. Also, uh, an interview with Sam Gagne uh, a little bit later on. Uh, I'm joined by Daniel Nugent Bowman, who's down at the rink, and that's a good spot. Daniel, how are you? I'm well. I just finished watching the, the Oilers practice. I think the Oil Kings will get going soon. I don't think we'll be talking too much about them today, but uh, maybe I'll have some, some nice uh, hockey to kind of watch as we chat here. Uh, scout that Jake Neighbors. He's going to be a good pick. So... <laughs> You are at the epicenter of all Oiler news, and there's a lot to get to, uh, including James Neal and, and Darnell Nurse. But let's start here with the Connor McDavid story. Uh, what was a bump on the knee on Saturday appears now to be a Charlie horse, and it sounds like there may be some question about his uh, playing uh, tomorrow night. Is that what you're hearing? I didn't think we were going to talk about him today. I, I'm completely unprepared. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, We... I mean, they're pretty mum about things. They're obviously, uh, as they have been since his injury um, last year that that ended uh, in the season finale that uh, he had to rehab from in the summer. Uh, he got out to start uh, practice, uh, did a little power play uh, time. According to Oilers PR and uh, Coach Dave Tippett, that was always the plan, that kind of more of a harder, intense practice. He and, and for the... For the uh, the other part, uh, Oscar Kleppbaum, uh, they left the ice. Uh, Kleppbaum has had a lot of maintenance days this year, so that's not a huge surprise there. Um, yeah, McDavid obviously was, was pretty uh, tight-lipped about his, his situation, uh, understood why there was so much commotion and, and attention um, in terms of uh, the media asking questions. But, um, you know, I, I think it's kind of a wait-and-see thing. It doesn't sound like it's super serious. I mean, he was out on the ice immediately. He played the end. Uh, of last game he, you know he played the full game uh, after the injury as well um, so uh, there, he and McDavid that is and Dave Tippett said that you know there'll have to be a determination made in the morning um, it is quite possible he does not play um, but we'll find out more uh, in the morning but the fact that he at least got on the ice finished the last game uh, is definitely a positive sign I would say Daniel, let me ask you, because you're down there every day and you're asking questions. Do, do you feel that, that like a day like today where McDavid is, is talking and the organization is speaking uh, very frankly and openly, openly I think, about, about an injury situation, uh, does that help maybe bring a little bit of the trust back from, from what happened in the, the offseason where the team simply, uh, nobody on either side, player, organization, McDavid's representatives or McDavid mentioned it all as he went through some pretty uh, dicey rehab that ended up working uh but they the 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 no side was as forthcoming as maybe the media would want do you think there's still a little bit of a mistrust there or do you think they're gaining that back with days like today where they're very open well i'm not sure how i mean open they were today but i'm not sure uh 
really how closed off they were either. Uh, the fact is that I guess they don't don't really know. I mean, it's uh, everything's open to interpretation, and there is a lot of skepticism here because of how last year uh, and, and how things were handled in the summer, how tight-lipped everyone was. And, I mean, part of that is, is McDavid anyway, where he's not the most forthcoming guy. I think if you had, you know, a player, say, like, you know, Drew Doughty or, or Nathan McKinnon or, or one of those guys goes through something similar, maybe obviously in a, in a quieter uh, market, um, I think there'd be a lot more, uh, you know, willingness to share and whatnot. But, I mean, McDavid isn't willing to, to share a whole lot. Uh, a lot of the times when I've written kind of feature pieces uh, through him, I've had to go through other channels, uh, obviously, and kind of finish the, the piece off with him. Um, there's obviously a lot of attention um, on him, and uh, he's, he's, you know, relatively speaking, I think, quite introverted especially compared to you know say his mom or maybe even his brother um so yeah and and i think the way things went last year there is still a lot of skepticism i don't think that's going to go away very quickly uh, um but uh, again in the situation um i don't think you know it, it's hard to, it's really hard to tell i mean if they came out i mean they, they've said he has a bruise uh they said mcdavid said you, you know charlie horse uh, you know it's another you know, way to term the injury um, until we, um, you know, find out something different or, or uh, you know, you know, he misses a lot of time. If that were to happen, then, you know, you can start being, uh, you know, even more uh, skeptical. But it's it's hard to say at this point. But there is a lot, as I said, there is a lot of uh, kind of uh, mistrust that needs to be kind of, I think, one back here. This is the Oil Can Podcast. Uh, we're just ahead of a, a Sam Gagne conversation as uh, he'll talk a little bit about McDavid and about uh, his own uh, experience this year with the Oilers. want to invite you to uh, listen to former Oilers great Chris Pronger, uh, Jeremy Rutherford and Barrett Jackman's guest on We Went Blues this week at theathletic.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, the, Oilers the, fan favorite. Oh, man. Uh, you know, he, the w- single best year I ever saw from an Oilers defenseman, and he broke everybody's heart by the the, the trade request. And, and uh, okay, what with, a year, uh, though. better than better than Paul Coffey, eh? Oh yeah, just because Pronger was was uh, two hundred feet, and he was he was filthy, and he was nasty, and he had some offense. Coffey was a beautiful player, but but Pronger's importance to that oh five oh six team was well, you saw it the following year. He, he was. <laughs> He basically, oh, yeah. 40, 40 minutes a game, the Oilers didn't have to worry about the puck going in the net. You could actually, if there was a two-on-one, you could get up and get a beer because they weren't going to score. He wasn't going to get anywhere near the net with Pronger out there. He, you know he what, I thought like, he should have been the, con- sorry, oh. no, I, I thought he should have been the Consummate Trophy winner oh, uh, that no. year, regardless of the loss, but uh, I, I agree. Totally. we've really gone off, we've, we've really gone okay. off topic, but I, that, I, I felt like we should uh, jump in on, on that one. Well, <laughs> well, we can dovetail back to another defenseman in Darnell Nurse. He gets a contract, and that's good because the Oilers needed to sign him. Uh, maybe not the length that, that some fans were looking for, but uh, I can see it from Ken Holland's point of view. He wants to get as much cap room as he possibly can this summer. It's going to be a big one for the organization. They need to get, a, I think, a scoring winger for McDavid, probably a third-line center. We, we don't know where they're going with the goal. Tending. So uh, f- from the from the organization side, it makes sense. From Nurse's side, he gets paid well. And then uh, two years from now, he and his agent will have uh, free reign to talk to all 31 teams if they choose uh, to get that far. What are your thoughts on the signing? 
Yeah, from a team perspective, I like it. I don't, I don't love it. You know, ideally, uh, and Nurse brought this up today, and I think it's been reported elsewhere before as well. But he, you know, the initial talks were were five years, um, and you know, they didn't go that route in, in large part because of what you're saying with the, with the cap hit. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of, of room um, for that to to kind of work out uh, right now with the kind of the, the tightness that they have around uh, the cap. Um, but I did ask him, I said, well, hey, is this two-year term, does this allow you to kind of continue to grow as a player and then, and then cash in? And he said, well, that's one way to look at it. And, and I think from Nurse's perspective, it's a, it's a great deal. I mean, you're, you know, you get to go uh, and be a free agent at the youngest point he could possibly be a free agent uh, and, you know, uh, d- top type defensemen um, are, are you know, usually get paid in free agency. Um, you know, they can always negotiate, um, you know, the, the, the summer before uh, and, and extend them then. Um, so that's, uh, you know, it's not the, the biggest concern. I think there's also a little bit of uncertainty as to what Darnell Nurse is. I mean, um, if he, he's, he's kind of been a defensive type defenseman this year. And um, sometimes those, like those players, um, it's, it's tough to see the, the growth, growth rather in in their game from a financial standpoint because it's usually guys that put up a lot of points to get paid and uh, his his kind of I think trajectory in terms of his uh, uh, offensive numbers are down now. A lot of that is because uh, for about half the year last year he played on the power play with Kleppbaum out. Uh, he remember he did play. Um, he continued to, to play on the top pairing for a little while once once Kleppbaum returned last year. And this year he's he's uh, you know barely played on the power play that second unit doesn't get much time uh Kleppbaum has pretty much been the mainstay uh, quarterbacking that top power play unit so um there's a lot to like about Darnell Nurse I, I I like him on the team and I think you know if they were to have lost him in any way you'd be really searching for that defenseman so I think it's great that they could get him for another year, a couple of years I think it's a really good signing for him and and, and a decent one for the team as well so uh, just before, we're just coming up on our uh, conversation with Sam Gagne here in a couple of minutes. So before we get to that, uh, I know there was some word on James Neal, maybe not as encouraging as hoped, uh, at the rink as well. Yeah, he's missed the last five games with a foot injury. Um, seemed like he was starting to kind of turn the corner a little bit and come back, but but uh, Tippett said that uh, it was kind of not uh, responding uh, the way that they'd they'd hoped. Uh, it's just not getting better is, is kind of what what he said. Uh, I would very much doubt that he'll be in the lineup uh, tomorrow against uh, Chicago, probably missing his sixth straight game. You know, if, if McDavid can't go, that's a, another huge um, uh, kind of uh, hole there because uh, they did send down uh, Tyler Benson, who is a kind of more of an offensive winger than, say, Colby Cave, uh, more of a defensive center, who uh, surely can play the wing uh, that they brought up. Now, the, the Benson thing, you know, I'm sure we can talk about it in a minute, but, um, you know, I, I think there's some definitely some holes uh, here uh, should Neil, and, and obviously especially McDavid, um, I can't go tomorrow, but I think Neil, you know, could be getting back sooner than later. But there's still obviously uh, some some concern there, and and I would again imagine that he won't be playing against Chicago. This is the Oil Can Podcast uh, for the Athletic, and we're delighted to be joined now by Sam Gagne. Thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you haven't missed a beat coming back here in terms of your five-on-five offense. It remains quality, uh, and that's on a lot of different lines from the fourth line all the way up to the top top line. So you're, you're creating offense with those great passes, but it must be a thrill to play with somebody like Connor McDavid because of all the, the elements that he brings to every game. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I, th- I think he just uh, creates room just with his speed um, and, you know, defenders back off because of that. And, you know, you're able to kind of find that soft area and, and get chances because of that. So, um, you know, I think it's um, it's a different mindset sometimes playing with him uh, just because of, um, you know, how much he does create and, uh, you know, the, the way you have to play with him. But, um, you know, I, I've really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's been fun for the last couple of games here. Hey, Sam, uh, I, I do want to get to a few kind of later topics with you, but in regards to, to McDavid, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about him because he's kind of the, the news of the day. Uh, and obviously uh, Saturday he kind of uh, went down and, um, you know, a little, a little uh, had to shake that off and did play the rest of the game. And We're not sure about his status for tomorrow, but as a teammate, when you see him um, kind of go down and especially with the injury he had last year, what, what kind of goes through your mind and, and uh, as, you, as you see that uh, during the game? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we all know um, what he went through in the summer to, to get back and to get healthy. And, uh, you know, obviously it, it speaks to his character, the, you know, his ability to, to rehab and, and to really buckle down and make sure that he was healthy coming to the year. And then and not only that, to, to play at the level he's played at throughout this season has been incredible. So, um, you know, anytime you see him go down um, and, you know, being a little pain, it's definitely cause for concern. But, you know, I think, um, you know, he's a tough guy and, he, and he's played through a lot um, throughout his career. And um, I think just the main thing is, is you hope that, um, you know, he's feeling good. And, you know, obviously he's a really important piece for us. So uh, we need him uh, going forward here. When when you uh, when Coach Tippett arrived uh, this this past fall, um, you know, he, he's asked a lot of you covering off several different roles up and down the roster and you've shown great utility center wing uh energy role obviously currently on a skill line uh did did you and he chat about that and how how much have you stretched your game or were you comfortable with all of those roles well i i've been uh i've been around uh obviously a little bit here to different uh different teams and different systems and played for a lot of different coaches and played a lot of different roles so um, you know, I, I think uh, it, it always helps to, to, to gain that experience and um, you, you learn you learn a lot about yourself in, in, in some of those years. And, um, I, you know, I think for myself, uh, my, my game's grown a lot in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, earlier in my career, I felt like, you know, if I wasn't producing points that I wasn't uh, affecting the game in any way. And. I think um, I, I've learned to change that where, you know, I, I feel like I can affect the game in a lot of different ways, um, you know, by making plays and, you know, allowing our team to play in the offensive zone. Um, I, you know, I think I, I've come a long way in my D zone and, and uh, I spend less time there than I did early in my career. And, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's something that I take a lot of pride in. I, I, I want to help any line I, I, I come to and I want to be a guy that's uh, – can make his line mates better, uh, regardless of who I'm playing with. So um, that's kind of been my mindset. Um, like you said, I played a lot of different roles this year, whether it be center wing, uh, left wing, right wing. So um, I, I just want to be able to fill in wherever I can and and uh, help this team win games. I mean, I love being in Edmonton. I love being an Oiler. Um, you know, hopefully I can continue to play here uh, in the long term. And, and that's kind of been my mindset. I just want to be a great teammate and help in any way I can help this team move forward. 
So another guy who uh, plays a lot of different roles and, and uh, apparently loves being an Oiler too, as, as he said today, was is uh, Darnell Nurse, and he just uh, signed mm-hmm. a contract extension. Um, obviously, his his uh, role on the team is, is pretty pronounced, uh, playing a lot on five and five, not as much on the power play this year, and a lot on on special or on penalty kill. But what what don't we know about Darnell Nurse? What what uh, what what can you kind of share with uh, with our audience about what kind of guy he is and how important he is to this team? Well, he's a great teammate. Um, I think that's first and foremost. And, uh, you know, he's a leader in our room. He's not afraid to speak up when it needs to, when it needs to happen. And um, he's very competitive and he works really hard at his craft. I think, uh, you know, you look at him throughout the summer. I, I, I've, you know, even when I wasn't in Edmonton, I got a chance to see him a little bit in the summer in, um, in Toronto. And you see the amount of time that goes into to honing his craft and making sure that he's a better player. And, you know, I think, um, you know, with guys like that, they always seem to improve and, um, you know, they, they, they can play a long time because they're always working on their game and, and finding ways to get better. And uh, it, it rubs off on his teammates as well. I think um, that's a really important thing. I think, you know, Kenny's talked about that, having good pros, having good leaders that uh, kind of rub off on everybody. And, um, you know, uh, Nursey's certainly that. Sam Gagne, our guest on the Old Can Podcast. So Chicago in town tomorrow night. Uh, we're all thinking about that eight-point game. Do you think about it like whenever you see Chicago on the schedule? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think that it's uh, – I'm going to – oh, every time we play Chicago, I'm going to try and get eight points again. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, I, I, I do think of it every, every once in a while. It's obviously, um, you know, one of those nights that are uh, – you, you know, you'll remember forever. It was a very special night um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm obviously at a different point in my career now. And, and um, you know, I, I think I just want to continue to try and produce and and, and help our team win. So, um, you know, tomorrow you look at where Chicago is at in the standings and where we are. And, you know, it's important for us to, you know, push those teams down and, and make sure that we're, we're staying at the top of the division. So that's kind of all of our our mindsets I'll, I'll throw in a shameless plug because uh, Sam and I had a nice uh, conversation a couple weeks back about about that game and a lot of nice memories for, from Sam yeah um, just in regards to the other thing I think you were kind of in the news uh, about recently was uh, the Battle of Alberta I know you've played, played a couple of games recently but um, or since then but uh, you know I don't think anyone would have had like you and Sam, uh, you and Cam Talbot really touching that off. Uh, did that se- that seemed to really escalate qu- quickly? Can you kind of explain what happened there and how maybe surprised you were uh, by kind of how things escalated there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just an emotional game. Uh, you know, obviously, you know what happened earlier in the year with uh, with Cass and and Kachuk, and then um, the game prior to that, there was a couple fights and. Um, it was just kind of the bubbling over of emotions. I mean, um, you know, we're two teams that are playing hard and, and um, you know, trying to fight for every every inch in the standings. And then, you know, there's the emotional level of playing against each other. And, um, you know, I just tried to poke at a puck that I thought was loose and uh, was trying to score a goal. And, you know, Cam didn't seem to like it. And, you know, it just kind of set off some fireworks. And, um you know, obviously after that game, I mean, even after the second period, we're, we're trying to calm ourselves down just because of um, how emotionally charged we were, uh, you know, with everything that was happening. We realized that, you know, we still got another period to play here. So um, we got to relax and, and, and kind of stay in the moment here. Uh, you know, I thought we did a really good job in the third period of, you know, settling down and playing a great, great third period. And But yeah, I mean, those are the games you play for. Um, 
you know, I, I, I haven't got a chance to play a, a ton of uh, playoff hockey in my career, but that's as close to playoff hockey as you can get. And, and that's why you play and, and you want to be a player that can be counted on uh, in those games. And, um, you know, I, I think the, the one thing we all took from that is uh, you, you don't want you want to know that your teammates are in the fight with you. And, and I think uh, coming out of that game, you know, everyone was uh, everyone was in it. Everyone really stepped up and played a really solid game. And and that's what you're going to need come playoff time. So that's what we're pushing towards. And um, that was a good sign for us. Sam, your first, I think it was uh, six plus years in Edmonton and then uh, spent some time in, in uh, Arizona and Philadelphia and Columbus, Vancouver, and then back here for last part of last season and now uh, this year. Um, the, early in your career, driving towards the playoff with a, a young and experienced, for the most part, team uh, had its frustrations. But the idea of being on a playoff team in Edmonton uh, has been a goal for some time for you, obviously. Uh, what would it mm-hmm. feel like to be on this team if they make the playoffs uh, this spring and to be a part of uh, that that fantastic opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I think about it a lot. Um, you know, like you said, um I'm at a different stage in my career. I think, um, you know, early on when I was here, I was, I was kind of part of the young core that was trying to improve and trying to get better. And, um, you know, we had some, some seasons where, you know, things didn't go the way we had planned. Um, but, um, you know, I feel like since that time I've grown a lot as a player, I've grown a lot as a person. And, um, you know, I, I think my game's at a lot better place than it was. And, um, I think it would mean a lot to me to to get a chance to play in the playoffs in Edmonton. I mean, I I, I love the city. I love being, um, you know, a part of the community here. Um, obviously, my wife being from here and uh, her family still living here, and um, I, I've loved everything about being back here. So, uh, you know, I I know just from seeing um, how how the fans rally around you when. Um, you know, you're close to the playoffs and you're fighting for a playoff spot and all that. I, I can't imagine what it would be like, you know, to actually be in the playoffs here. And uh, I, I, I get I get a lot of energy from from playing in those games and, and being a part of those moments. You look at the games against Calgary and, you know, that that's that's what you live for as a player. And and, um, you know, I feel my best in those moments. And I, I, I would love to, to be part of a team that uh, can go on a playoff run here. And, you know, I think we have uh, a good group here. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited about that going forward here. So uh, last one for me, Sam, and then uh, we'll let uh, Al kind of wrap us up. Uh, again, thank you for your time. Um, the, the one thing uh, you kind of mentioned, is you're, you know, you're at a different uh, point of your career. It sounds like you're probably at a different uh, point of your life. So th- this is a, um, a kind of a selfish one for me because you and I had talked about this kind of privately. Um, that uh, I'm going to be a uh, first-time father in three months, and I know you have three three little ones. So, can you give me mm-hmm. some 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 parental or, or fatherly advice here <laughs> as to uh, how you're able to, to to manage with three kids, you and your wife Rachel? Yeah, I mean, um, my wife's a superhero, and she has to deal with a lot. And um, you know, we have a lot of help with uh, with her family being here, which is which has been really helpful. I think, you know, the jump from two to three for us, uh, we didn't realize how big of a jump it was going to be um, going from, you know, man to man to zone defense. But um, <laughs> it's um, it, it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, I think that's that's the main thing. Um, you know, I've, I've learned so much from my kids. Uh, you know, I think that's the one thing you, you, you try and teach them, um, you know, values in life. And um, they end up teaching you a ton. Um, you know, I think... Uh, 
my, my patience as a, as a person has gotten a lot better. And then, you know, just, um, there's nothing that can compare to the love that you have for your kids. So I've, uh, I've loved being a dad and, um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, for, from a, from a hockey perspective as well. Um, I think it helps you to, to gain a little perspective and, and allow you to kind of roll with the punches of your career a little bit better. And, it's made me a better a hockey player. I feel. I think um, you know, as a, as I've gotten older, I've uh, you know I've learned to to kind of you know be a little more patient with things and um, and just uh, you know let ha- let things happen as they may and not get too worked up about uh, different things that happen throughout a season. And I think it's really helped me as a player. And I think I, I owe a lot of that to to being a dad. So it, it's been a lot of fun, and um, you know I'm excited uh, for for the years ahead. Sleep when your kids sleep. That's the only advice I ever got that made any yeah. sense, and it it, yeah. it works, right? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you, you got to try and get as much sleep as you can. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Sam, thanks so much for this. Appreciate your time. Great. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, thank you. Our thanks to Sam Gagne. Interesting conversation there, Daniel. Uh, this is a guy who's, uh, this is his second tour with the Oilers. Uh, far different, but, uh, you know, you can hear in his voice and in his words, added maturity and, and playing a different role, but but a valuable role for this team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a guy that's really yo-yoed between uh, first-line wing, as we've seen with McDavid recently. Uh, he's second-line center when Ryan Nugent Hopkins was out at the end of November and early December a little bit. Uh, you know, has played depth wing and center. And, 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 you know, has, has handled being an extra guy, a press box guy uh, with, with the, you know, class and grace, too. So um, I think, you know, I forget if it was you and I or you and John we uh, talked about recently that the pos- prospect, rather, of bringing him back. Um, obviously, he's a free agent uh, this summer. And, uh, you know, I, it would obviously be at, at a much uh, lower rate, probably around that million dollar mark, if that were to happen. And, uh, you know, I'd be really in favor of that because of the way he handles himself, because of the way he can move up and down the lineup clearly loves being an oiler and and you know his wife is from here as he mentioned um so you know if you can bring him back at at, uh, at a reasonable rate at a guy who can play somewhere between the 11th and and you know 13th or 14th forward and 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 handles it well i think he's uh, he's perfect you know one of my favorite guys to talk to on the team you know very gracious always has time uh, to chat and has some different insights even though you know maybe the quotes aren't uh, going to blow you away but he, he does really provide some some uh, unique insight and uh just a, a you know a guy that you, you, know, you like talking to as a media member for sure well as a five on five scorer he still has it in that for those depth lines he's been gold this year they've they've uh, they've done really well by having uh, sam gagne i think on this roster uh tyler benson got so little time you mentioned him earlier i wanted to just kind of scoot back there a little bit and talk about him hard to make an assessment but what we can say is that that uh, he looked a little bit overwhelmed at times in his uh, very short uh, time up in Edmonton and, and probably has uh, a few things to work on as, as he heads back, headed back yesterday and played for the Condors. Yeah, well, what, what did you think? Do you think he, he had enough rope or did you, did you like the, re, or the I, sending him down? What did you think? Worst, worst situation because the coach, you know, he wants to win. These are important games. And, and the two games that Benson played, they needed to win. And, and I don't blame the coach at all. I, I you know, the, there's, there's not, because, you know, as much as everybody's, you know, Dave Tippett's very popular, making the playoffs in this organization this year would be a major, major win for Tippett and Holland. And so they called him up. I get it. I understand it. But, 
it, it was it was not good timing for for Benson and you know in in both games I thought the first game he he had a nice shot in the first period got a little bit of a, a even better look later on but he also turned over the puck in both games and every veteran coach I've ever seen in the NHL that's like a all right you sit at the end of the bench and we'll we'll learn a little more it's like failing your driver's test right it, <laughs> there's there's lessons to be learned I like him as a player I don't think we saw a lot of him but he'll get another shot yeah if you're Leon uh, Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid you might be able to get away with a few turnovers here and there but if you're a, if you're a you know game one or game two rookie that uh, that doesn't usually work out so well for you so yeah you're totally right I think we talked about this uh, before too in the sense that you know uh, I know people were really clamoring to see him play next to McDavid and, and he did get a you know probably a handful of shifts maybe three three or four there in the first game uh, obviously the one to start the game and then um a couple times when when McDavid was moved down uh, to play with uh, with with Benson to give Gaetan Haas a, a seat, um, but you know it's really tough for for a guy, especially uh, you know Tyler. Everyone I talk to about Tyler Benson talks about how smart he is, how good he is on the wall, how creative he is, his backhand uh, ability, use the backhand of his stick and passing, um, but the strength never comes uh, up as being skating. So when you're trying to um, you know uh, manage to, to play with Connor McDavid. David, you're at a really uh, big, you know, you're at a disadvantage there. I mean, obviously not many guys can uh, keep up with McDavid, but, you know, you try to have maybe a quicker guy, uh, say like uh, Josh Archibald has at times, or somebody that that can kind of create room for him and and Zach Cassian. Tyler Benson is neither one of those of those players, right? So, uh, to, to to throw him in that situation would have been a, a, probably a detriment uh, to to him off the bat, and it would have been a very tough spot for him. So, um, you know, if you're not going to be able to use him in a top two role, it, it's it's a kind of a tough. Uh, spot for him to be in I think the taste was was good for him and I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity for growth um, so was, I think it was good to, to get him up but I'm not surprised at all uh, that they did send him down yeah I, I think that that one thing for Benson uh, if he's going to be an oiler long term then they have to you know he's on the left side they've got Nuge they've got Nygaard who's a fast train Neil mm-hmm. is not fast uh, Jajarkari isn't fast, so if you're gonna if you're gonna put Benson on next year's roster, then I think another player uh, who who lacks those fast boots probably has to be pulled out because the Oilers can't get slower. Nobody in the NHL is getting slower these days, so they're probably gonna have to add a little bit of uh, uh, you know they're gonna have to pull out a Neil or a Car. I think if Benson's gonna play next year. That's that's fair. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and the other kind of thing that doesn't work so well for him is, you know, I think he got maybe a little bit of second power play unit in one of the games. Maybe my mind is is wearing on me right now, but but the fact is, the the second power play unit barely plays. I mean, and, and with for good reason. That that first power play unit wins them games. It, it's uh, uh, you know, it's it's basically uh, as of recently, I haven't checked in the last uh, few few days or so, but it was like the fourth best power play in NHL history for a given season. So you don't want to mess with that uh, too much. Uh, and, and again, it, you know, I think it, the power play probably won them uh, the game on Saturday. So if you're not going to get him into kind of, you know, oppor- opportunities offensively where he can uh, succeed, then um, you're kind of putting him in a, in a tough spot there, um, especially if he can't play on a top two line uh, at even strength. So uh, good taste for him. And, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with him going back and, and really helping a Condors team try to make the playoffs. 
Well, you were our uh, brilliant on-the-spot reporter today, sir. Thank you. I, you, you. You did great work from the rink, and uh, now you've got a well-deserved uh, uh, few hours off. <laughs> yeah, well, there's uh, <laughs> stuff to do probably today, tomorrow, and then uh, Wednesday I head out to uh, to Florida. I'm on that next road trip, so oh, no rest for the wicked, but, you know, it's hockey season, right? It's, you've got to yeah, kind of go, and it, it's, it's fun to, to do it, so, uh, yeah, for sure. Good job, Daniel. want to thank our guest, Sam Gagne. Don't forget to please rate and subscribe to The Oil Can on Apple. If you click on the show URL, theathletic.com slash theoilcan, you get a 40% off your subscription to The Athletic. For Daniel Nugent-Bowman and John Willis, who wasn't with us today but is with us in spirit, I'm Alan Mitchell. Thanks for listening to The Oil Can at theathletic.com. <laughs>